little guy, who's also the groom, says, first of all, before the wedding, he tells me, no, sorry, I don't need any best men. I don't know what that shit's about. <laughs> I've known this guy for, like, years, okay? And you traveled all the way there. Uh, I traveled all the way there. Yeah, I can't back this up with any more substance than that. But uh, there was something about a wooden cock, and... Uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about the real wedding for a second shit got pretty. <laughs> shit got pretty intense. I got stories about the real wedding. Um, but I was at a wedding, actually, over the weekend, which is funny. There are so many weddings, and I hear... Micah, you can back this up. There's another wedding to come on the show? Yes, there so, is. At least one, because least one. Joffrey's also getting married to uh, Marjorie. And, mm-hmm. of course, we know Edmure Tully is now getting married to some random fray chick. Who knows? Yeah. One of one of Walder's many daughters. Whatever one yeah. looks the least like or a Or granddaughters monkey. or great-granddaughters. Who knows at this point? Sisters, nieces. Probably his sister, yeah. Marrying Walder's sister, probably. Yeah. The hardest one to marry off. Well, mm. well, how old would his sister be? Not nearly old enough. Probably, <laughs> probably like uh, seventy nine. I would say. Let's go with that. Seventy nine years old. Do we think Edmir gets to choose? Rob would have gotten to choose, but they're like, <laughs> Edmir, listen, man, Rob screwed us over on the first deal, so you can just take what you can get this time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and and not to mention Circe, uh and Loris. Although I don't think that's going to last very much. She just does not care. At all. It's a time to celebrate right now and in the show for, with all these weddings happening. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's wedding season. And it is. <laughs> I, I wonder if uh, the price tag is comparable to these weddings today. Probably like a, just a clean 20K or someone's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you decide. How many men had to die for this wedding? It is a certain time Thursday evening. We tweeted. You'll see it. I, I, I don't want to say a time because we're in separate time zones, but mm. this is our 101st episode ever of all time. Yes. And this is this is important. This is a hundred and. One is a big is a big number, and, and not just because it's one more than a hundred. A hundred is a big number too. You know, a hundred shows typically is, I think, it's always a challenge to reach a hundred shows. So now we're on the other hump of that. You know, the other hump of of greatness, and now we're slowly weaning off. No. It's like we've <laughs> hit Wednesday, and now, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we hit the hump day. And we're into uh, the Thursday of our uh, our series of episodes here. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, it is Thursday, as Zach pointed out earlier. So <laughs> this works, all works out. We also yeah. forgot to mention that uh, this is Game of Owns, just in case you clicked on us by accident. And you stuck around this long. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty darn cool, actually. No, we had a, a list of things. Damn, where did I put this? We decided that if we ever made it to 100 episodes, we would make some drastic changes to the show. I actually kept it in my, my copy of uh, Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. I just <laughs> Unfortunately, I think I put that book in the other room temporarily because we got a new bookshelf. Right. But anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting to some of those changes uh, perhaps in the next episode a little later on. One of those changes was allowing Selena to sleep tonight. So that's what she's doing now. We This is a late recording. We've all been working and stuff. It's true. Time permitting, uh, you're listening to this episode on Friday. And this is a, it's a, it's a laid back party time. We're hanging out. It's just the boys right now. Micah, I noticed from a picture you tweeted earlier, you are drinking a beer. It looks delicious. Yeah. I mean, isn't that how we normally record the show or am I the only one? <laughs> I literally <laughs> never have it. A hundred times. I need to. Yeah, you do. That's that's my new pledge. That's my, it's like our resolutions. Like this is my post 100 episodes resolution. Um, make a mailbag episode for the first episode afterward and then eventually be as cool as Micah and drink some beer. Although Eric, I don't know if you are. Uh, yeah, I have a cider right now. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's staring at a woodchuck. I wanted to take a duplicate photograph. There just wasn't enough to Micah's. There just wasn't enough time. <laughs> you know what's so, so interesting though, before we move on here, yeah. Zach, you talked about how you know, listeners may have clicked on us by accident, and I've always wanted to bring this up, but I, I've always forgot every time that we've recorded. Now that we're over 100 episodes, I feel <laughs> that we can we can raise this to our listeners. Uh, when you're on iTunes, you, you can see what listeners also subscribe to. And in top podcasts in TV and film, people who listen to our show also subscribe to Ice Age for Sid Shuffle. Good. And... <laughs> I just, I find that fascinating. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Sid's the chipmunk, right? No, Sid is the, uh, I I don't really know what Sid is, to be honest with you. He's the- uh, Isn't he the the big uh, elephant? The mammoth? No, he's not the mammoth. He's, he's, 
I'm looking Google. this up. We're, we're Googling him right now. <laughs> Google, he's Google a meerkat. He's like a meerkat or something. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say almost like a lemur. A lemur. Like Timon. Uh, what is he? Okay. Yeah. Look, I can't believe we're talking about he's this. He's a lemur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they said, I'm the only one who's drinking. All right. <laughs> right. Sid is a ground sloth. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait He's a, a minute. Groth. I get really worried here because the Wikipedia page has him in past tense. What? Yes. Sydney, known more commonly as Sid, was a ground sloth that was part of a herd of different animals after a number of adventures and experiences brought them all together. This is a spoiler-free show, Eric. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is there like a current status? Wait, no, but fa- fate says living. You know how Wikia gets all... It's because he's in the Ice Age. Yeah, Wikia gets all weird about uh, biographies of living entities um, and tries to make it more... I don't know, academic by using the past tense. So, okay, so Sid is apparently still alive. Maybe they say was because he's no longer a ground sloth. Maybe he's, like, evolved into, like, a Raya, Raya ground sloth or something. Perhaps. But uh, I didn't I didn't mean to uh, create such a deep discussion about this. I just wanted to, uh, to point it out. No, Micah, listen to this, though. Yeah. This is a perfect way to tie it in. Let this be a lesson to all of our listeners that haven't quite read the books and aren't fully beyond where the series is, because we all have to wait for the episodes. Unless you're really special, then you might know what's going on. But don't look up a character, because it could refer to them in past tense. You don't want to know that. Don't do that. That's very true. That's a great yeah. point, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to ask Eric, what do you what do you feel about having to wait two weeks? This was a complete well, one, surprise. One week to- now, but you know what I mean. This was a complete surprise to me. When the hell did they decide this? Probably like uh, six or seven months ago. I thought so, but like <laughs> we got the, um, you know, we knew there were going to be 10 episodes. I just don't recall reading ever that there was a gap. I thought the whole point was air them at once. Well, my feeling on it was that this is Memorial Day weekend here in the United States and it's a holiday weekend. People have off of work on Monday and let's face it, this episode if for nothing else, as is, was evidenced by season one and season two, is the episode of the season. Yeah. And I would think that HBO and Game of Thrones would want the most eyeballs possible on this particular episode. And doing it over a holiday weekend, while you're still going to have people who are going to watch, you're you're probably not going to get the same level of attention to it that you would on a normal Sunday. I think this has a lot to do with – well, it doesn't have anything to do with it, but this I think this happened on the night that we had our actual – it was the only episode this season that had a ratings dip, and that was on Mother's Day. So I it was literally Sunday, and I was thinking, I think less people are going to watch because it's going to be a lot of people out at dinner taking their mothers out, right? Or yeah. celebrating or hanging out. And, <laughs> uh, well, imagine if that was to happen at this time. I, I assume even more people – are going to take advantage of the weekend and of the day off of work. So if it hurts the ratings on the best episode of the season, you know, I'd like to be able to brag a little bit and say that we beat True Blood this season. I think we can do it with this episode. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, in case you aren't going anywhere for Memorial Day, what's going to be on HBO instead of Game of Thrones? Do you guys know this? I, I know this for a fact. It's the Liberace movie with Michael Douglas and Matt Damon. <laughs> that, that actually, literally, I shit you not, it's been described as being too gay. Okay. <laughs> Michael Douglas plays Liberace. It's called Behind the Candelabra. Well, this makes me think of a, a recent review we had on iTunes, and this was our first ever written review with one star. And the, the subject line is kind of a circle jerk uh, by Frustrated6161. He says, I know you guys are linked up with Winners Coming, but come on, it sounds like you work for HBO. Uh, Eric, you got something to tell us? <laughs> I just know that that is what's happening on Sunday instead of Game of Thrones. There's There's no... You know, I might want to see this. Michael Douglas, good actor. Matt Damon, slightly less, but still good actor. I don't think you're going to want to see this. (laughs) I think Micah and I both would like part of that money that HBO is paying you. Eric, please. All right. You know what? I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to admit, but we're after 100 episodes. It's okay. I can let you guys know. Finally. There's a small vault. There's a small vault in my basement. I have a basement storage unit. It's filled with gold from all the HBO plugs I've been sneaking in there. (laughs) It's right beside Sawyer's gun stash. It's right there in your basement. (laughs) I also have the man from Tallahassee down there. You're going to throw in the newsroom now for good measure before we move on? No, I still haven't seen the newsroom. Well, they just oh, finished. Or they're filming out. the finale tonight, and it's going to air on July 15th. So check it out. Uh, there we <laughs> go. All right. So you guys can do this. You, you guys we don't meet work me for here. HBO. We Eric, don't. <laughs> what? Let's talk about 
last week's episode because yeah. you weren't on you weren't on the show. Yes, um, you were at a wedding, not the wedding in the show, but shed a little light here on on what your overall thoughts were of the episode. You know, I think a lot of us on the show actually felt that it was one of the better episodes in you know a little bit of time. So, what do you think? Let us know. Tell us. Share your thoughts. I agree. I was I was worried that people weren't going to like it. I listened to your Monday episode and I was worried that people would be hating on it because there really were only like four stories to follow for once and the scenes were all over 20 seconds long. It was completely unbelievable. I was I was blown <laughs> away with how much time we got to spend with these characters. And even though it felt it felt less complicated than all of the other episodes this entire season, but at the same time it almost felt right. You know, at the same time, it felt like there was adequate time for character development. We got some really great character moments, and I just loved spending that extra little bit of time. It felt like a a Christmas treat or something. It's like, you know, when you're playing outside and your mom's like, time to come in for dinner, and you're like, but 10 more minutes. That's what it felt (laughs) like we got with each of these chapters. Yeah. Yeah, each, of these, each of these characters. So I was, un- you know, totally not expecting it. I expected the the, the same that we've had, um, you know, which is a lot more characters to focus on. But this episode, for some reason, it, it just and I think it really worked with Tyrion and Sansa getting to know them a little bit more. Um, you know, at least Tyrion's thoughts. And you both guys got a text message for me after I watched the episode. And I, I know this because I sent this to you guys in the strictest of enthusiasms. Um, but based on the closing scene of the episode, I said, Oh my God, the white walkers can be killed. And that to me is the big reveal. I agree. I think that not a lot of people, I mean, we knew that fire could do it before, but Mm -hmm. with this development of obsidian, and I know that it was, uh, hinted at slightly just just by him finding it and just by him being nestled against the rock and grandpa white walker deciding not to attack him you know yeah but it was cool to see it yeah well um you know i i knew that fire killed the whites but in terms of a white walker they seem smart enough to jump out of the way of fire you know yeah these guys seem and, and even even now with what sam did to kill this uh i love this grandpa i love that name for him well he was the guy who walked across sam's path back at the end of season two yeah and just kind of let him be so he's kind of his fault really i mean if you think about it i mean he could have killed sam right there and then nothing he's like would've... this guy i should have killed you when i had the chance <laughs> well even then now sam had to do kind of a surprise attack right but my thing of it is is look dude okay the white walker turned to ice and shattered this is the first time in about a thousand years since anybody's seen these guys, and you know how they can de- be defeated. Leave the girl, leave the child, go straight to the Night's Watch, tell them what you did, tell them what you saw, tell them, because th- that weapon that you have is going to be really damn important. Yeah. Yeah. And Selena brought this up, I think, on on the last episode, on Monday's episode, and it's important because in in the books – this is a completely different scene uh you know and and so sam actually does this with other members of the night's watch around oh so the knowledge is pretty much there mm-hmm. instantaneously and sam actually gains a tremendous amount of respect as well as a nickname uh for doing what he's done it is really you know, one of those defining moments for him as a character because he's gone from being sort of this flub of a person which nobody respected and everybody kind of shits on with the exception of John and, and you know, some of his closer friends to being somebody who gains a tremendous amount of respect for not only in inadvertently figuring out how to kill them, but also for actually having the courage to do it. I, I feel like the show's going to let him continue on that way, though, of being disrespected, because doesn't he forget to pick up the dagger when he runs off with the girl? Like, he, he just continually screws up, and I, I just don't think he's of the right mindset to, to be able to tell everyone what he saw. He's going to probably continue to try and protect the girl at least another episode or two, and I, I just don't think... I mean, yeah, sure, she needs protecting, but ultimately there are there are things greater than than Sam, and, like, honestly, I was just so thrilled that they could be killed that I couldn't possibly think of anything else that Sam could do other than tell everybody that he knows. 
I don't know if the the dagger dropping thing, I don't think that was supposed to be something that people thought about. That's just one of those things on TV where they're like, well, we don't have to show him picking up the dagger because that's extra mm-hmm. time. And but I mean, who knows? It could be it could be something. I'm not sure. But I, I personally, I I think that they're probably going to like they didn't do that now because maybe it's his big moment at the end of the season where we can kind of look forward to how he's going to be treated in season four. Yeah. Differently, like maybe he'll get the nickname on episode 10 or something or, or the next one. But well, I guess we can't we shouldn't spoil the nickname. But what was the dagger made out of? Was that dragon glass or something? Yeah, it's okay. what, yeah. it's what they found last season when they were digging around the fist of the first men looking for latrines. The shit of the first men. Yeah. 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 The shit of the first men. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first men shit obsidian. <laughs> well, it, it compacted over the years. Some turned into oh, diamonds, yeah, some turned yeah. into obsidian. <laughs> so we just need to like go to old grave. Cause I'm like, I, I, I foresee a day when the night's watch or, you know, new recruits or whatever are equipping themselves with obsidian. I mean, it was like one poke with that thing. And, and it like struck the guy you know, the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Grandpa seemed to – well, he destroyed Sam's first sword, but the way he did it was with harmonic resonance, which is like really, 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 really cool, where he hit it with whatever he hit it with, and then it got to the same frequency as the uh, sword and it shattered. Like, that was a wonderful effect, and I don't know if it's described like that in the book, but I thought it was a really cool choice, really effective to see the sword just kind of, well, it just crumble into, you know, no longer into being. Or he turned it into ice. I'm not sure either. I yeah. think the, I think breaking it like a glass one and some opera singer sings would be much cooler. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> There's starts, a fat lady when you need her. Yeah. Like the, the battle coming up soon is just like, it just sings really loud and all the, all the steel from the impending army coming against them just destroys. And they're like, now what? And then Draggy come or then Draggy, then Danny comes over the wall with two dragons and it's over. You know, I was thinking Danny too, if this is, dra- if it's really like dragon glass or whatever that they have, Danny could come into, uh, to some usefulness if, uh, she ever needs to battle the White Walkers. Yeah. They just need a beach and to just like, Hey, will you burn, the, <laughs> burn this beach? We're going to farm a bunch of obsidian. I know how much that shit costs, man. On RuneScape, I used to buy obsidian arrows, and that sucked. So, Sam, hold on to that, man. You can yeah. buy that kid a good life. It's true. Um, but yeah, no, in general, like, that's my biggest impression of the episode is the the ending scene, although the whole thing was great. And, uh, you know, even Shay and Tyrion, like, I thought it was good, and especially Tywin and Tyrion in this episode. Unbelievable. And you guys mentioned um, on Monday's episode, Cersei, which she said to Loras, you know, it just this episode was full of good times. Agreed. And I think that what you pointed out, it felt like you actually got to spend some time with these characters in this episode instead of flipping around to 10 different plots. Right. Some that are to- connected to others. I mean, ultimately, they're all connected to each other. But I feel like in some episodes, it's just going too fast and you're going to too many different places and you're not getting a real sense for what's happening. And this episode really just slowed everything down. And in a way, it's probably building up to the finale, uh, but it was just a nice pace. Yeah. You felt like you were watching almost a different show with the same cast and the same characters, um, but just different in the way that it was about one event instead of about several. I think it's interesting how they mix different writers and different directors throughout the season just to kind of make every episode feel so fresh. I think it's, mm. I think it's cool because, I mean, the Cogman episode and the way they handled the entire scenes at Dragonstone felt different than most of the things that we've been seeing. Yeah. On the other hand, the way David and Dan covered the wedding and the entire contents of this latest episode, I really felt like you know, it was different, but it was good. And I don't know. I mean, in some points it's, it's good to be quick because we have to fit in so many people, but it's nice to have these episodes where we have several different shots, not just two shots where people are talking back and forth to each other. I felt like they really were able to move around inside of Baylor. So that was cool to see the show feel less claustrophobic because I think that that's a complaint that I've seen and it's a personal complaint of mine. And I know they're just doing what they can, but I really liked how this felt. 
You're right. No, I agree. Even in the, um, well, there's the sept and then immediately after the, in, you know, in the room with Tyrion and Joffrey and there's people above, you know, like Loris is, is up on the rafters up above. Yeah, rafters, that was like a great use of the space. The sets were multidimensional. Yeah, that was very cool. I mean, that's, I, I think, I think that pretty much summarizes it up. One thing that I wanted to bring up that we didn't really spend a lot of time talking about on the last episode was related to Stannis. And I mean, we did talk about him and the scenes that he was in, but he did have a line um, when he's talking with Davos, uh, when he's still behind bars. And, and he mentions what specifically he saw in the flame. And he talks about a great battle in the snow. ba ba bomb. That's drums. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit of a lead for <laughs> everything. Everything. It's almost like it's almost like is he allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, didn't you check that for spoilers? Real quick? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's it, it's so cool, and it made me immediately think, snap to attention. Okay, the Great North. There's some crazy winter battle, but then I thought. If winter really is coming, how stark, it could be anywhere because snow can fall anywhere. Exactly. Right. For those who have, you know, read on, uh, it's tough here because there's there's more than one option to what he can be referring to. So it'll be interesting how they play that out in terms of, you know, will we get any resolution once these events happen? And Stannis says, this is what I saw in the flames. Hmm. Well, the only thing I don't agree with with that whole scene is, you know, when they threw the leeches into the fire um, and they didn't show what he saw then, you know, because I was expecting a second vision or, you know, for the first time insight into what he's seeing. I mean, wasn't the whole point that maybe Davos could also see, um, you know, some kind of magic or force or something in the flame? Um, so, well, yeah, they just to, at least. they cut away. But, you know, I'm willing to believe that, uh, you know, well, he's going to make a believer out of Davos yet, I guess. Um but, I, you know, one of you guys, I think it was maybe even Fury uh, on Monday's episode said that they think Davos is going to come take Gendry away. Um, I think it'd be interesting if he did. You know, he's obviously sworn not to hurt Melisandre, but that, again, that doesn't mean he's not going to throw a kink in the, in, in the plans. Um, then again, I, I just wonder to what extent uh, Stannis is going to betray or prevent the death of this innocent, uh, meaning Gendry. Well... We'll have to watch and find out because <laughs> the three of us, even though I've read the books, this is a much different direction than the book goes in. So I don't know uh, what is going to happen with this storyline. But I think most of us were in agreement that Gendry is going to live. Hypothetically speaking, this character could still be alive later on in the series. So if you're somebody who's read the books, and this character is still alive, what does it mean if George R. R. Martin is killing him off in the show <laughs> in the third season? Yeah, that's what um basically he's not that important. Yeah, Selena said that on Monday too. She's like, Well, you know, if Gendry dies in the show, that means he's not really building towards anything prominent in the books. Mm -hmm. Um so or they're moving his character around. Well, yeah, and I, I think I think you're right. I mean, what Zach, what you said on Monday's episode, it's essentially two different universes, kind of. Um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really. There's no real causality where it's like, oh yeah, Gendry won't amount to anything. It's just, you know, maybe it's just it's just shuffled around. There's probably a select few characters that are immune to the touch of the showrunners, but even then, I, they they I'm sure they have lots of freedom with how they translate from book to screen. Because I mean, if if in the end the last sentence in the show matches the last sentence in the book, you know, as long as the story is the story in the end, mm -hmm. I feel like that's really all they have to worry about, and and, and that's that's probably first to the second of the show being good, like making it as good as possible. You you do have to be careful with that though too, because there are people who have read the books that are watching the show. And if you're taking a bit of creative license based on what you know as as a showrunner and knowing that you can kind of cut corners and and do certain things because in the grand scheme of things, person X or person Y doesn't play that large of a role or maybe they are going to kick it anyway, and and you're the only people who have that knowledge. That that's kind of spoiling the books. You could mm. argue. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that I don't really support the twisted integration 
of the show to the book by, by support. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't like think it's great that they do it, but I feel like it's something that in a lot of cases they have to do. Um, I feel like maybe if I was in the position, I would try really hard to make that something that didn't happen. But at the end of the day, you know, they're on a tight schedule and they've got a lot of stuff to do. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a valid point. Uh, The only other thing I would bring up uh, about Gendry is that in a way He's he's becoming two characters because – and this does not in any way spoil anybody. There is a bastard that lives on Dragonstone and so I feel like they're taking his character since he is Robert's bastard and combining him with the ba- Robert's bastard that lives on Dragonstone. Robert's got bastards everywhere. <laughs> Dude just could not. I, I guess there was no sheepskin or anything like that back then. Oh man! So he's he's just laying pipe all over Westeros. It's crazy, right? Laying pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Relax on that beer a little bit, there, my guy. Oh what? I, th- there's no, no curse fine. words. No it's derogatory fine. comments. Laying pipe. So Robert the plumber, uh, <laughs> Robert the plumber yeah, made his way through. He's a little Westeros. bit like Mario, going operated on the bottom of the pants, but. Obviously, these guys know what they're doing. I'm not questioning it in any way. And they're going to deviate from the canon when it makes sense to do that. But I think they're taking advantage more so of an opportunity here to take two characters and essentially put them into one because it just makes sense. And they could tell more of Gendry's story and make Gendry in a way more relevant to the overall plot by moving him from being with the Brotherhood, to being on Dragonstone. Uh, 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 uh. We will have to see. We shall. We shall. What is that? Is that a sound from above? No, it's Eric Skull reads the tweets in 117 seconds or less. Go. Oh, I hope this has as exciting music as you played for Micah last episode. <laughs> Rachel Mills says, Tyrion owned the old gods and the new in, quote, I'm the god of tits and wine and I shall build a shrine to myself for the next brothel I go to. <laughs> Kim says, Elena telling Marguerite and Loras how everyone would be related after all the weddings. Mm. Zach Strige says Stannis owned those leeches. Oh, he did. Reese Berkshire says, Gilly owned my heart by wanting to name the child Mormont. Mm-hmm. Christopher Me Adams too. says, my own goes to Sam the MF Slayer. Motherfucker. Own of the year. Is that it's what that there. means? Amy Christina <laughs> says, drunk Tyrion owns all. Kyle <laughs> Nelson says, Cersei owned the false charms of both Marguerite and Loras Terrell. Thanks guys for making my week. I appreciate your dedication. Esel the Time Slayer says, Tyrion's cheers jester up at Loras during the wedding feast was really nice too, actually. Agreed. Kevin Lysander says having to wait two weeks for the next Game of Thrones is harsh, but I get to see the Red Wedding and that's worth the wait. Game of Owns. Stella T says collecting leeches a la Mel to use them against my teachers should they think of giving me bad grades at my upcoming finals. Good plan. That's a good, good one. plan. Please send us pictures. Yeah, really. Tori Targaryen. Oh, Another Targaryen. She must have Who escaped. is this? Tori Targaryen says, Going to the Game of Thrones exhibition in Amsterdam. Going to be a four-hour drive, but bloody worth it. We'll fill my GOT quota for next week. Well, there you go. Watch the cursing, Tori. TV Boss says, What if those weren't ravens surrounding Sam, but crows? His fallen crow brothers, question mark? Possibly. Wait a minute, guys. I am floored by that. That floors we'll me. We'll give you a minute. Yeah. yeah, we'll give you. I need a minute. We won't detract this from your reads the tweets allotment of time. Oh, 23 seconds. Because what if, honestly, what if everyone who was ever killed, every crow who was killed by a White Walker is magically transferred into a raven? And that's why there's warging, because they're actually human spirits. This is way too deep. For me this right is now. this is deep, but I like what you're headed in, Eric. This is good. You well, received ten points in your own segment. This was Eric's goal. Reads the tweets in. I think it was around eighty seconds or less. Go. There you go. That's a, that's a really cool idea that uh, TV boss has. But I think the Ravens were just to kind of set the mood, right, Zach? I mean, yeah, you- I use Ravens to set the mood as well. <laughs> I think they were a little bit more than to set the mood. I mean. First there was one, then there were three, then there were 17, then there were 28, you know, it's just, it kept growing and that is creepy as all hell. That's how it goes. It could have been an omen though. It could have been a warning. You know, we always talk about on the show, dark wings, dark words, you know, but <laughs> that's how we say it. Pretty much. That's how we, that's how Selena <laughs> says it actually. The, there was no 
letter tied to these ravens. It was just, look, Sam, look, Gilly, time to uh, peace out of here because there's a creepy old dude who, you know, needs to be killed with a obsidian arrowhead that's uh, creeping up on your property. Get off my lawn. <laughs> get, get out of my land. But I like that. I mean, that that's a cool idea. I, I, I will admit it that uh that they have there that's, that's definitely thinking outside the box a little bit i mean because true. at first i was thinking oh no now that the other white walkers hear the the crows or the ravens or whatever they were they're gonna come find them because i thought oh these they're on the white walkers side that they make this noise because they've located the baby that's supposed to be sacrificed but what oh. if it's the other way no, that's, what if it that's what an if interesting it's an, idea as well though that's 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 pretty interesting. Well, but what if it's not? What if it's actually like a warning, like a way to say, you better get out of here. I'm a raven. I'm on your side. And I'm warning you that White Walkers are nearby. I like that. Like, which which is it, though? You know, you could argue you could probably argue for either one. But as as I said on on the last episode, I thought that this was a scene where we were going to get introduced to a new character. But mm. that didn't happen. So Raven Man. Raven Man. That's or pretty crow close, man. pretty close. But yeah. uh, I oh, just God. also is it the lady from is it the lady from Home Alone two with all the pigeons around? Pigeon her? lady, don't hate on her. From A. Arnold on the on the roof. Come on, someone please watching know this. <laughs> uh, but I did just want to point out Rachel Mills, who you read her tweet first. She actually created a Twitter account just for Game of Owns, just so oh, she wow. could tweet at us. So thank you, Rachel. I won T A Big Hug thirteen H. I oh I uh, won thirteen H is how long ago she tweeted us. Oh <laughs> <laughs> let's go, dude. Who's drinking here? Come on. Right. Here's another one of Rachel's tweets. She says, Tip. This is a tip for everyone listening. Write this down. Do not listen to podcasts when you're alone on the bus, giggling to yourself when no one else can hear. It looks weird. Mm-hmm. Unless you're not wearing headphones and you carry around one of those Jawbones beatboxes and you just start blasting Game of Owns during public transportation hours, that would be cool. And highly illegal. You know what and she should illegal. do is she should she should take one earbud out and give it to the person sitting next to her yeah. and say, look, wouldn't you laugh too if you listen to this? These guys are highly entertaining. <laughs> Sharing is caring, Rachel. Sharing mm-hmm. is caring. And then I would replace my earbuds because they'd be in somebody else's ears. There's another tweet right here from Chris Horowitz. She says... Game of Owns. That's the tweet, Chessie. She started it to tweet it toward us. That's how Twitter works. And then she says, you watch the new Arrested Development. That's it. No question mark. Just exclamation points. Uh, I guess uh, I promise we'll watch it now. I'm scared. (laughs) We will watch it. I promise. It's on Netflix uh, starting this weekend. So enjoy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Micah, what are those wings? Ah. Charlie, I forbid you to die. (laughs) That means White Walkers are coming. White Walkers? Yes. White Walkers. Godzilla, Godzilla. Or it means we have emails to read. Oh, uh, yeah, that too. The Raven's here. It's our unofficial name for the mailbag. Because everyone uses the mailbag and we don't even have a bag. So we have mail. It's the Raven. I'm just wanna, I just want to pick out what I think. I was reading these ahead of time and I just think this one's the absolute coolest. I'm going to leave with this. This is from Shelby Richens. Dear Game of Owns, I just wanted all of you to know that Game of Owns accompanied me on a bear hunt this weekend. Oh, shit. (laughs) After, there's more, there's more. After, (laughs) after, after two hours of sitting on a mountain, being as silent as possible and listening to Game of Owns, a chocolate colored black bear appeared. Eat it, Shelby. Oh, well. I hope there will be a sequel to this email in which you are triumphant over the chocolate black bear. Well, she's speaking in past tense. You know how dangerous that can be. So, Shelby, mm. please <laughs> let us know you're okay. The bear you used, used to be a black bear. I'm confused by chocolate colored black bear. You ever seen chocolate? Well, black bear is the. Is the... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the podcast off. <laughs> oh man, I need a drink. Oh, wow. Black bear is oh. the black bear well, is like the species. It's like give us a break, guys. This is our hundred and first episode. I want to know is the define bear hunt. You know, does that mean you just went out looking to maybe see a bear, or did you actually take like a, a semi-automatic rifle and? Or shotgun and and go bear hunting. <laughs> Got to put was, bear shot on. It was probably an automatic, a fully automatic, judging by this nation's gun control laws. Okay, enough. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> um, but, and she picked it up the day before. But anyway, next email comes from uh, Kirsty. 
So Kirsty says, another question and possibly one that is more relevant right now, though you are going back to season one with the commentaries. I was wondering if there are any characters you find more likable slash sympathetic in the show than you did in the books. I think Tyrion's a good example of this. The way he handled the situation with Sansa was much more gentlemanly in the show. Kirsty, She said XX. That's kiss kiss. More sympathetic? Yeah, more sympathetic or likable. See, I, I know Zach and I have completed the first book with you, Micah, but you've completed a lot more of them. And yeah. Fury on Monday's episode said that Tyrion is actually, you know, possibly a lot less gentlemanly in the in the or it just doesn't get as far in the show. So, you know, what do you think? Are there characters that are more yeah. I, I well, I would go to season two, and I know we've talked about it on previous episodes, but I think they made Tywin a much more sympathetic character oh. in his relationship with Arya in, in you know in, in the last season. And um, I think people actually liked Tywin. You were one of them, Eric. And yeah, I think they still do. Honestly. Some people might still like him, but I, I don't think you get the full effect of his wrath. Yeah. He's, he's just not a nice person. And I think that you know, people like seeing him on screen because they know that they're going to get some good lines and they know that, you know, he's going to just have this, this way about him that people are drawn to. But at the end of the day, he's this nasty, vindictive individual who really t- treats Tyrion like shit and only cares at the end of the day about his family name. And mm-hmm. you get glimpses of that throughout this season, I think more so, but l- last season, because of the way they changed things up with the plot and, you know, having Arya be his cupbearer at Harrenhal, there was, there was a very cool dynamic that existed between those two characters. And I don't think that that's something that you ever would have seen in the books. I think Drogo is also much more sympathetic in the show than he was in the books. Um, just the way they handled the first uh, scene or the first evening they were married, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that was probably a lot for show purposes as well. And it's a lot easier to sell this epic romance, leaving that out, obviously. Mm-hmm. But still, he was he was really, I mean, really beyond that first part, at least toward Danny. He was still brutal when it came to pulling a guy's tongue and throat out, when it came to talking about raping the woman of Westeros, which all can be forgiven because he's dead. But I think in general, he was he was pretty mild compared to what we read of him. Yeah. And keeping it uh, in the East, I'm going to go with Selmy because I think they are, in fact, uh, making him look as Obi-Wan Kenobi-like as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry that you missed that. I immediately thought of you because you <laughs> Twitter... You've got him as your Twitter picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Skype picture, but yeah. Yeah, Skype, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that yeah. was awesome. Were you going to say Hound? Uh, no, I, I think people feel that he's a sympathetic character in the books, but I don't think – I remember seeing an interview with George R. R. Martin saying he couldn't understand why people sympathize with somebody like the Hound. So right. check that out if if you haven't. In some cases – and and this ties back a little bit to the episode we did with Brian Cogman. I th- I would argue Stannis. You know, I think that you know, maybe not. I mean, he's 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 still a cold-hearted person. I think on the inside, but I think he's a more likable character than maybe he would be in the book. I think I think Davos really brings him up. You know, the fact that he has this Well, friendship. Davos is a likable character in the books, though, as well. Yeah, yeah well, Davos is, but I, I think, you know, especially in the show and their scenes together when he frees them and all that, the bromance, as we called it before, but just in general, the way that, that Stannis, you guys analyzed this, you said he needs him. You know, he needs Davos. He needs to have a conversation with him. And that, I think, is a likable trait, to, to be able to um, mm. admit you're wrong or go seek out the person that you need. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a strength. It's not necessarily a weakness, mm. but... Um, I think the fact that he keeps close company with Davos makes him a better character, a more likable character. Yeah, he's growing on people, I think. And definitely after the, the episode that took place last week. Um, only other person I can really think of uh, would be Braun because his character is a little bit different. Doesn't get as much play uh, as as he does on the TV show. And obviously that's because of the great kind of camaraderie and bromance that 
him and Tyrion have. Susanna S. writes to us, hey guys, and, and let me warn you guys ahead of time, she uses different levels of caps in this <laughs> next sentence. I adore the show and I look forward to each and every episode. Did she I'm change Melbourne. fonts there or what? what <laughs> she did. It's Helvetica or something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Melbourne and because of complicated timey-wimey stuff, I get the episodes in the future. Okay, you're time traveler. I often forget this little fact when I'm stabbing the update podcast button a bazillion times in the evenings. Patience just isn't my thing. I have just finished listening to the episode seven rewatch and I picked up on something Selena mentioned about the girls night's watch. If memory serves, Mance sings a song about Danny Flint, a girl who disguised herself as a boy to become a member of the night's watch. Of course she was raped and killed by her brothers at the night fort and her ghost still wanders about the place or something like that. Thought you guys might find that interesting. Keep up the awesome podcasting regards. Susanna. Oh, Susanna. Got to bring that up. The, um, you know, I, I, I wonder if they'd have a lot more recruits if they started letting girls join the watch. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <it's>, <laughs> let me, let me, let me clarify. Um, it is half the population, assuming that, um, it's gender, an even 50 50 split. You assuming, what you're that, saying? assuming that gender ratio holds up in Westeros the same way it, it does here. Well, Craster might be tipping it in the girls' favor. Craster's definitely tipping it. Yeah. All those girls now can just, Come south of the wall and you've all got employment opportunities, equal opportunity employers, equal employees. (laughs) Also, the fact that there are girls on the wall would probably make it more appealing to guys in Westeros. Uh, Except for the whole celibacy thing, though. Well, yeah, but hey, you got to change with the times. I'm, you know, they're going to mole town. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. They are. (laughs) You know, I think that's interesting that they're celibate and they're still because they're losing people. They're fighting a shortage of people every year, every generation. There's. You know, less and less people. If they allowed breeding, obviously it wouldn't work between guys, but if they just allowed girls and also allowed breeding, um, you may have, I mean, you have to breed them to be, you'd have to breed them pretty hard, but in harsh climates, that wouldn't necessarily be that difficult. I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad, uh, breeding is allowed in the United States. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This email comes from Michael Brush and he says, Hey guys, this is my first fan letter, so bear with me. Ha ha. That's off to a good start and you're trying (laughs) to be funny in your emails. My name is Brush. I thought thought your name was Michael. Well, Michael's Uh, probably just, his email client betrayed him. Oh. Sorry, Michael. I mean, Brush. Sorry about that. (laughs) And I've been listening to you (laughs) for a couple months now and I have to say I love every second of it. I have never really been a big fan of podcasts, but you've changed that and I thank you. You're welcome. I have been going back and listening to some of your earlier shows because even three times a week is not enough. Ownage for me. Ha ha. This guy. He loves throwing in the ha ha's. Joker. Uh, I just listened to the Christmas episode the other day, and my favorite bit was when Micah read his version of Close the Night Before Christmas. You mean that's your favorite bit? That episode is only that. <laughs> it's a five minute episode. I think the only thing else on that episode is when I intro the show and say, It's Christmas time. I'm so sorry to hear that that was not Michael's favorite, favorite part of that you did episode. That? Yeah, yeah, he did that. I record. I recorded something on my phone, like outside when I was working. I was like, "Hey, sorry, uh, ha- happy Christmas, Harry." <laughs> well, uh, hats off to you, sir. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, that was awesome. It's one of my all-time favorites so far. I will say it was good, Mikey. You did a good job with that. It was. Thank it you. was good. Thank you. I will, I will have to uh, best myself this year. Oh mm. God, it's a lot to look forward to. Uh, I also want to thank you, Zach, for reminding us about your new podcast to his company the other day. I listened to the first episode right after you mentioned it and thought it was great. I hope that you and Christian keep it up. I will be sure to keep listening. We've ruined this guy with podcasts. He's just going to start <laughs> voraciously tearing up. Go listen to MuggleCast and all those I old ones. I was going to say, he's rushing. Have you heard about MuggleCast? <laughs> Mike and Eric, just go to the earlier ones when they're young and they, their voices are lower it's, or, or higher. Excuse me. It's great. Check it out. <laughs> uh, he wraps up by saying, I could go on and on with all the things I like about your show. It's a 10-star show in a five-star world. Oh, wow. I like that. We got to use yeah. that from now on. <laughs> I hope for nothing but great things and success for all of you. Take care and stay gooey. That was really nice, actually. That was a great email. Yeah. So thank you, Michael, or Brush, or whatever you're calling yourself these days. Brush, you can thank email you. us anytime. Man, and say things like 10-star show in a 5-star world. That's just, that's the coolest. It is a lot of work to, and it sounds like, I mean, we're, we have a great time. Let me just 
preface this by saying we love doing this, but it's a lot of work to organize the schedule of four grown people and and especially just for just making one show, but for making three episodes a week now and trying to keep everything so timely and trying to keep it regular for you guys that you can depend on it and things like that. So that's 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 cool to hear. We we try to make the best show that we can and cool that you guys like it. 101 episodes now. 101. <laughs> I expect like maybe we should change our theme to Dalmatians or something for this episode. <laughs> Just put spots all over the website <laughs> for one day. Oh god, please don't give me anything else to do. <laughs> oh, I, I can come up with I can make some spots and show you. There you go. If you would like to be like these kind and generously nice people, there is a way you can do it. And I know that Eric has been waiting a good six or seven days while he's been out celebrating the uh, betrothal of one of his good friends to another person. Uh, Eric, would you like to share with us how they can do this? Yes, you can do this by going to twitter.com slash game of owns. First, you have to sign in. You need a Twitter account to tweet at us. But once you have a Twitter account, just Twitter or twi- Twitter your way over to at, <laughs> at game of Go into the tweet box and push and type at Game of Owns. And then, yep. then from that point forward, it's really not as complicated as I'm making it. From that point forward, you can then, you will be addressing us at Game of Owns. On Facebook, if you have Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash Game of Owns. You can find us on there. We have a page. We have posts. It's funny. On there. And then, what am I forgetting? Oh, yes. Email. Email. People like Brush who are emailing us for the first time, we love hearing from you. You can email us at contact at gameofowns.com. And if I'm explaining to you how to email on a podcast, you missed a step. So there you go. Yep. And we don't work for Facebook or Twitter. We just like using their services. Just just HBO. (laughs) (laughs) And Liberace behind the candelabra, 9 p.m. on Sunday. Well, speaking of people that pay us to talk about stuff, there is a way that you can download our show, and Micah has become very good at mentioning that. It is true. Uh, You can head on over to iTunes, where you most likely downloaded this show. I'm not going to say all the time, because you can, of course, play the show on GameOfOwns.com, as well as WinterIsComing.net, but I'm going to say nine times out of ten, you most likely downloaded this show on iTunes. So, with that being said, even if you didn't download the show on iTunes, go over to iTunes and give us a nice little rate and review. Nothing less in the month of May. No, that doesn't work, does it? Nothing less than five stars is acceptable in the month of May. And as Mr. Brush so eloquently put it, let's face it, it's a 10-star show in a five-star world. So, (laughs) if you're in agreement with good old Michael Brush, which I'm sure you are, Head on over there and think of it as giving us anything more than five stars. If you've made it this far in the show and you're you're hearing Micah (laughs) say this, chances are you like it enough. And you know, it's now we've crossed 100 episodes and it's like, oh man, that's crazy. I I feel like, uh, let's just take a a sigh, like a three-way sigh. (sighs) Uh, Micah's was a little bit more... uh, it was a little bit more manly than ours. We're crazy. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, uh, this it's, it's a lot of episodes now. I'm going to start a podcast doing just that. <laughs> <laughs> we download it a lot. Maybe the album Art of Camel. Uh, Be still my girlfriend's beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of other great shows out there that do a lot of similar things that we do, being talk about Game of Thrones. And, you know, we, we try to make the show as unique as possible. But, you know, we're like I said, we're not the only ones in the world here doing this. And we, we actually uh, are friends with a lot of people do those things. So it, it's really great to be able to survive amongst such other talented people and a way that we do that is by feeding off of your reviews because that helps encourage itunes to catch us a break sometimes so we really appreciate that Mm -hmm. yeah and uh just some people who left some kind words for us on itunes uh wolf lt says thank you guys for making my bus drive to work a lot easier i love game of thrones the best show on tv by far keep on doing what you guys do Thanks the best. Amy Christina says, I feel like all the hosts are my best friends, despite having only met two of them. Hmm, wonder which two. She met you guys. That's got to be you two. Probably. Timmy03. That's actually Tilden Timmy Tilden03. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. I call it the squiggly thing. Tilden. Uh, you guys never fail. It's like visiting with a bunch of friends every week. Five stars for every episode. Love Fairly says, amazing again. And Short and sweet, like it. Finally, 
Syotha. <laughs> uh, the panelists bring a nice range of perspectives from readers to non-readers. I don't know how the readers on the cast do such a good job of avoiding spoilers. <laughs> You're telling me. Uh, I like hearing the speculation from people who are enjoying the story purely as a TV show. So there mm. you guys go. Uh, mm-hmm. I've read the series multiple times, so I'm not terribly interested in rehashing the written version. The screen interpretation should stand on its own. Uh, Goo is a great series of conversations about the HBO series. Also, Selena Rock. Well, stay tuned for the off-season, Sayota, because we're going to be coming at you with some good stuff. That's not a spoiler. You, you guys knew that. Good stuff was coming, good hopefully. Yeah. And we have a break next week that we're going to fill with a lot of different things. And we've got three episodes. We're still going to have a commentary, just in case you guys were wondering about that. Right. And that leaves two episodes to fill with great discussions that we've been putting together. It's going to give us a great opportunity to visit and revisit a lot of the things you guys have been saying over at When It's Coming. We've had several, 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 several comments lately on some of these latest episodes. And we're saving a lot of those great, tightly packed conversations that you guys are having within yourselves to shed light on them on the show and have your names be read and have your words be read and have us botch those names and words, but we'll do our best. (laughs) (laughs) We try. Yes. So what are you guys going to do this weekend without an episode? I have another wedding. (laughs) Do you really? I really do. Gina's sister is getting married. Oh, I will be cleaning and stuff. (laughs) Barbecue. Maybe we'll see. It's it's almost painful in a way because I was really hoping there was going to be an episode this season or this season <laughs> this this Sunday. <laughs> same thing, same amount of letters almost. Right? <laughs> yes, starts with an S. <laughs> Sometimes it's capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm just really looking forward to um, next week's episode because finally, finally, finally we can start to talk about some stuff you heard it here folks game of owns we haven't talked about anything yet but hopefully we will i'm zach louie <laughs> i'm eric skull and i'm micah tannenbaum a stay gooey <laughs>